Crossing broadcast Monday. Back at it after the weekend. I got to check the iTunes. I got to check the Twitter. I got to see what people are saying. But we're happy to be back and talking to you. Adam Lefko here with Kyle Scott, a.k.a. Crossing Broad. Russell Joy, a.k.a. Joy on Broad. And uh, guys, uh, I know I said I was going to do the podcast today. But uh, five minutes before, you know what? I'm going to sit this one out. I know that people download the podcast uh, but I can't do it today, guys. Doctor says I can't do it. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, kind of taking a shot right now at, uh, man, the big three, Allen Iverson, they come to Philadelphia. He's putting his hand to his ear. Think about it. The last game of the night, Dr. J's team versus Iverson's team, and then five minutes before, Iverson's not playing. People are not, not happy about it. You stole my you stole my opening punchline. I was going to say the same thing. Doctor's orders can't talk today. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, this apparently, league already seems to me to be like I wanted this league to work really bad. Yeah, but it's you can't have like he's taken thirteen shots in like four weeks. Have either it's of you sick. tried watching other than like yes. the first? Have you really? Like, what are your thoughts? It's not good basketball. Yeah, no. They're Rust just old. of you. It's yeah, it it's uh it's a little bit awkward. The the camera angles that they choose to use are kind of like if you let NBA two K four on like the original Xbox or something, uh you just like let it go. You forgot to, to set your lineup and uh it goes into like auto auto generate mode where it's like the computer playing itself. That's what the camera angles remind me of. And it it just it looks like it looks kind of like the sadness that you would expect to see former NBA players looking like when your favorite former explosive uh, stars or even fringe guys that played for your team that you might have liked personality wise. Uh, it's just a reality check that uh, that Father Time always wins. What uh, is NBA Live for? I thought they go by year. NBA Two K Four. What are you talking about? I actually yeah there there was NBA Live and this NBA 2K franchise yeah but the NBA Live was always like NBA no, Live said, 2008 no no I said NBA 2K4 did I say live I didn't mean live oh, so I thought I heard I thought you said 2K4 um I, I was wondering where you were going with that when you said like forget to sign your set your lineups and it goes then I realized you were talking about like the computer simulation exhibition where it's got like this swooping sweeping yeah when you angles. have it when yep. you have the uh, yep. the men you're like sitting at menu and you wait too long so it just auto generates and it and... picks like the two most ran- like the most random matchup you could possibly imagine um, so there they... was there was we want there was we want Iverson chance and yeah it really did come down. Right before I think it sounded like that. It, that it kind is... of it's shades of it's shades of 2006. I guess it was like April 9th, 2006, when Allen Iverson and Chris Webber decided not to show up for Fan Appreciation Night. Um, Iverson really didn't show up last night. Standing on the sidelines and coaching your big three team is not what people spent big bucks to see. This so like, I don't know what they spent and and. Well, the tickets from what I from what I saw uh, a week and a half or so ago, you're still talking about tickets for forty five bucks, which you might not Oof. you know think is is too much, but like no, but I, I expected like I expected to see ten dollars, parking, all that stuff. Yeah, I see. I, I expected tickets to be like ten bucks or something like that, like lower level, maybe fifty bucks. Uh, it it didn't look that cheap. Now maybe maybe I uh, I was just looking for too good of a seat, but I I don't think tickets should be that much to go see the big three. I mean, I guess the fans were treated to you know watching Mike Bibby 
and uh, and Jerome Williams. That's exciting. Steven Jackson played Chauncey Billups, but like that's not that's not why people in Philadelphia went to go spend their hard-earned money on the big three. It was to go see Allen, who just said, you know, my doctor. He didn't actually say. I'm sorry. He didn't really even say anything because he didn't talk to the media after the game. Because I I assumed that he knew the media was going to rip him apart for being a no show and just or standing he's just on the sidelines. And he goes, I gotta go. So it's just. It's just, uh, I, yeah, I know it sucks. Couple, couple I mean, he, of things he here. Address the crowd, but that's it. And he, couple he of plays. things here. This is the most uh, like that. Sound, I, I wasn't paying much attention to this yesterday, and I forgot. I saw people tweeting about it late last night. I was like, oh yeah, that thing's tonight with Iverson. Didn't even realize he didn't play. Um, this is the most Iverson thing ever. Like I, I love AI, but this is the most like show up for an event, don't play, don't talk to the media, have it be a disappointment, have people get pissed. But from what I'm, I, I like am totally unaware of like that this was really a thing until late last night. Um, apparently, he was still getting cheered. He did the hands to the, you know, he cupped his hand to the ear. He got the fan support. I don't, I don't like I every single. One of Iverson's appearances, the Wells Fargo Center these days, is exactly the same. The Sixers roll him out like three times per season. Uh, now he's in town for this. And every single, like, all he does is stand on the sideline, give a little wave. He's like Tom Hanks in a league of their own. Like, you step out of the dugout, give a little wave, tip your cap, give the cap crowd a thrill. Um, I, I'm shocked that he didn't play. Like, the whole, but I it's think not the even whole like... meaning of this league was so AI can play a game in Philly. Like, so that was that the two two points. I feel like they so built the league bon- for last night. Well, they did because I think it was Bonzi Wells was the one who said that the league kind of goes where Iverson takes it. That people people show up to see Allen Iverson play, and I I hate to remind people in this, but he's only taken thirteen shots in three games. He's yeah. three for thirteen in the league. Yeah, so, so I, and he's he's played like maybe I think two or three minutes a game. You're telling me that there is something so wrong with Allen Iverson that yeah, he he's can't old, lace them dude. up. That's the thing. That's you can be old. You can't lace up your your sneakers for two minutes to play in front of the Philadelphia fans. I'll, I'll You're not say, even playing full court. I'll say this. So I know uh, that when Ice Cube was interviewed about doing this, he said that. Until he had Iverson, he didn't want to do this league because he believed that Iverson brought the credibility, like the street cred, like the notoriety, that when you heard Iverson, it was a big enough deal that he had to do it. But I am not surprised, A, that Iverson doesn't play. I'm also not surprised, B, that his body's worn down after what we witnessed for all those years actually playing. I was so I was excited for this league because I thought, oh man, three on three basketball will be cool. But it's like you know, it's like going to the Y and watching dudes in their forties play pick big th- like pick up basketball. It's not good anyway. Like they so they get by on I'm the not reserves shocked, of skill sets and like yeah like, yeah. Uh, so I have three iTunes reviews that I want to read because I just checked them out and they're pretty funny. Three five stars. Uh, I'll start off from normal to the one that I think is the funniest. Uh, normal Kevin G four one three refreshing. Tell me if you haven't heard this before. I love the different personalities. So tired of the same old sports talk radio on my commute. That's what we're here for. Uh, number two, Adam is a. Oh, I didn't even read the headline. Adam is a DBZ Mark. So Dragon Ball Z Mark. All right. Uh, Roman 727, you get all the stars. Sports, Dragon Ball, hot takes, black from the belly down coverage. Love this podcast. Uh, and then my favorite one, Paul Moo, the hosts. 
five star. I'm pretty confident they don't listen to each other and just wait for their turn to talk. Five stars. <laughs> Ouch. It's very true. I mean, yeah. What were you guys Fair saying? Uh, <laughs> I was I was gonna say, Adam, like listening to your. Uh, it's not about the reviews, but like listening to your uh, your spot on CBS Radio. Oh yeah, Russ, had. thank you for listening. Oh, I missed yeah, that. Yeah, of course. I wonder. I yeah. Wow, Kyle. You know, I, no, I don't just, expect anyone uh, to be up on a Saturday morning to hear me talk, but Russ was tweeting about it, and I was like, yeah, oh, that's nice. You know, my wife went to a uh, a bridal shower, so I was home alone with the boys. I'm like, all right, it's Daniel Tiger, listen to Lefko on CBS. So, um, But you talked to the guy who, uh, whose name escapes me from the Flag Football League, and I, if I remember correctly, the Big Three League came up. Yeah, Jeff a, Lewis of, the, of yeah. the Flag Football League. And... And I and I remember thinking like yeah you know what like big three is not actually totally terrible like it's not good but it, it could be better um, but then this thing with Iverson man yeah just- so hold on so in that interview I did think this was funny I gave him Russ probably heard it uh, four work four ways to actually make billions of dollars with his league um, one of them was like text Tom Brady that Peyton Manning would strike and thus hold lead a strike because he only wants to do what Peyton Manning does and then just steal all the players. But my number one thing that I told him, which I, I if he does it, I would be really happy, was publicly announce that you'll be the one league that will take Colin Kaepernick. Like, I just think that's PR, like, specialty, is, like, you pick a, like, pick a controversial guy and you go, we're here for you, and you just try and get everyone to defect over to your league. But do you think yeah, that dude, would get construed as uh, like low hanging fruit? Like I think that's a good idea, but do you think there's some people who would take that the wrong way, like using it I think, an unfortunate situation for publicity? I don't think it's unfortunate. I say you have a league that's willing to blackball people that stand up for what they believe in. You can stand up for whatever you want to in our league. This I just is think the it's the XFL. I think but, it's it'd but be no, one of those Adam, things because Kaepernick's not a good player. He's right, not exactly. He's not even a third string quarterback. I think it's one of those things where people would go, "Oh man, that was just handed to them on a silver platter." But it doesn't mean you don't do it. You know what I mean? It's like it's like I don't know why the CFL hasn't done it either. They're not even American, so you don't have to worry about being un-American. It, would he take a knee for the Canadian anthem? Right, exactly. Can I? I don't know. Six one zero. No, Russ. I don't think black people have been treated poorly in Canada. So no. All right, let's pull oh, up historical historical facts while Kyle makes a point. He's got to be sorry. Uh, no, my my point is probably going to be a bad one. I got to make sure I, I say this clear. I'm just playing devil's advocate here on the Kaepernick thing because I think he's certainly good enough. Know. No, no, no. This I know. is not good. This we are is... going to go down such a bad rabbit hole. Uh, if you're listening to this, fast forward about ten minutes. <laughs> no, real quick. If you don't want to listen to Kaepernick. Uh, I th- I think he's good enough to be in the league, and it's very clear that he's obviously not because of last year, which ter- was really a nothing burger, and the 49ers. Chip Kelly somehow like got shed his racist label by kind of standing by Kaepernick and continues to talk about how he stood by him. So um, I, I guess my point would be if you're like if you're a fan of a team, right, and you're just looking at Kaepernick the player, or you're a coach of a team, I don't think it's like a league wide decision to ban him. 
But I think what's happening is you're having, there was obvious like some element of distraction to the 49ers last year. And I'm not, and that is not, that has not so much to do about what Kaepernick's message was or what he stood for, but it was everyone on the outside created that distraction. Now the Niners sucked and it didn't matter. But if you're a team who's like pretty decent or contending, you have to know it's almost like Tebow. And granted, they're like two totally different things. But by bringing Cap, if you bring Kaepernick on, Unfortunately, you are bringing a large th- thing unto yourself, and that's not—that's not to say that yes, Kaepernick doesn't have creating... a point. But if you're a team, he is now. There's now an environment around Kaepernick that if you're a team, it's like, look, I hope this guy catches on. But you know, we don't want to deal with this. Like we're trying to win football games. I understand what you're saying. Where it's like you're gonna you're gonna have so much media at your press conferences. There's gonna be a lot of questions after your games, right. and that's why I've said from the beginning you need to have one a team of of players uh, that are already outspoken. Two, you need to have a quarterback that is definitely never going to get replaced. Like there can't be a quarterback controversy, which is what happened with Blaine Gabbert. That's and a good three, point. you need. You need to have a head coach uh, that is willing to say, stop asking this freaking question or you're going to get kicked out. And that's why I thought the Seahawks were perfect because they had the players coach the loud the loud other players and Richard Sherman and Michael Bennett and Earl Thomas and all that and all those Doug Baldwin and you had Russell Wilson. But no, not a lot of teams could handle it. But a team that could, obviously. Yeah, it's a good um, point about the quarterback. I never that was kind of the case with Tebow here. Like it was a big deal for like a week and then it was like, Okay, well this guy's this guy's third string, he's never gonna play and you know, people mostly left it alone. That's that's a good point. Yeah. Once 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 it's a quarterback controversy it gets really bad. Yeah. Um all right, so I doubt Kyle did this. I feel like Russ did. I asked you guys what are three activities you'd love to do with Embiid that would that you'd love to do and you'd love the photo, but it would scare the shit out of you that he would get hurt? Because we all want to hang hang out with Embiid, but is there anything that you'd be like, I'd love to do this, but Sixers Twitter is going to freak out at me? So Russ, if you have done it, if you wouldn't mind leading off, um, I would love to play soccer with Embiid because he he was raised on soccer, not basketball. Uh, his foot skills are actually uh, better than mine, and something about playing playing a, a pickup game with a seven footer, um, I just I think it would be a ton of fun. Um, now that said, I would probably expect his entire leg to fall off. Right. Um, so that that would suck. Uh, I'd love to I'd I'd love to play basketball with Embiid, though I am a a very short, unathletic white guy, so I, I really can't do much. And if Embiid really expects all all uh, awkward white guys to shoot the ball well, um, he will be very disappointed with me. Uh, you know what? I think the third thing I'd like to do is uh, is let him do some coloring books with my uh, with my two year old. Although I fear that somehow the the uh, Crayola crayons would break off and enter his bloodstream, and then he'd, he'd be hospitalized. So those are my three activities I'd love to do with Embiid, but uh, maybe we should have a moment of silence. Yeah, for... you know what? That's a good idea. Let's do this for uh, Embiid, Simmons, and Foltz's entire bodies. Awesome. Kyle, did you come up with any in the meantime? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I actually like the idea. I thought about this last night. Um, I was driving when you sent it. I didn't see it. Um, 
is first of all, Russ, I will co-sign on playing with the kids. I feel like Embiid could entertain my son for the entire day. And like he would be the guy, I feel like there's been movies made about this, but he would be the guy just walking around the house holding the kid upside down, the kid laughing, and, and he's the big kid. Embiid sits down, puts the bib on, and bangs the table and wants food. So all in on Embiid as a uh, daddy daycare type. Uh, two, I'm going to go fun. I'm just going to go full fun and fun and games with Embiid. This is going to be a little bit weird. Uh, bounce house. I would like to hang out and I would like to play in a bounce house with Joel Embiid. Um, we've had two neighborhood parties of late and they've had bounce houses for the kids. And I got to say, my son's one and a half. And so like, he's sort of at that age where if there's bigger kids, you got to go in with him to make sure he doesn't get like bull tackled. They're a lot of fun. Like I- I'm in there just acting like I'm trying to, you know, mind him but i'm kind of like hopping up and down like oh yeah these are fun i feel like Embiid would be a lot of fun in that because he's so big and heavy that he would hit the down right as you're coming down and send you up into the roof that's one uh two uh one of my favorite favorite things to do uh water park i feel like Embiid would just be a blast on a uh, twisty slide I'm surprised that your HOA allows bounce houses. Well, <laughs> I'm still taking. Bounce. You know, this is this is a. I would. I could go into a very deep tangent here, but I will just say that uh, these parties have to be like. I, I guess bounce house is okay if it's for a day, but the the one block party is very contentious because there are clear, de- uh, definitive lines between different sections of the neighborhood, and if you live across a certain line like you have to get hoa approval to get the common area but if you live across a certain line you don't get it you don't get invited to the block party so there's actually three separate block parties and they all from what i understand like the the brain trust behind each of them competes with the other brain trust to outdo each other so what did you walk into our section this year had a bounce house and fireworks and then I, I like there was a whole thing about fireworks, the HOA meeting, as we've discussed, and there were fireworks going off in the common area. So I just left. I'm like, shit, so, like someone's going to call the, not that I was doing anything, but like someone's going to call the cops. This is going to escalate because there are now fireworks in our common area and the people who didn't get invited to the party across the delination line. And sure enough, the morning of the block party, someone goes on the Facebook page and comments that they're upset with who was not invited to the party. Facebook uh, page is called Narcs Anonymous. Join now. Leave your comment. (laughs) Our Uh, Facebook page is bananas. All right, so my three, I'm going to start off. uh, Kyle ended in the water. I'm going to pick it up in the water. I would love to go water skiing with Joel Embiid. I feel like you really can bond with people when you're sitting on a boat and you're laughing at your guy in the back as he keeps trying to get up. And then like on the third time, you get really annoyed with him. And you're like, dude, if he doesn't get up this time, we're just going to tell him to come in the boat. But then you know you're going to give him two more times because he's going to be upset. I would love to see Joel Embiid get up on water skis and like give the thumbs up. But the whole time I'd be like, people are going to freaking kill me. Uh, no, he looked like a I baby could literally giraffe, hear his ACL like, tearing. As baby deer, exactly. Yeah, he goes down really fast, and you when you do that boat turn, you're all looking at each other like. Fuck. You just watch. He would like he he would dip the skis into the water, go underwater, somehow be able to breathe, and he would be the new Aquaman. Yeah, he's a merman. Uh, number two, yeah. I would want to take him to one of those trampoline parks, like those indoor trampoline fest things, and like. Watch like this seven three dude doing backflips, but you know when like you land on a trampoline and your knee kind of goes wobble wobble wobble, and you're like, oh <laughs> man, yeah, like that would have that would happen to him one time, and I'd immediately be like, we gotta go. Um, and then my last one would be, I want to get into a tag team dance off with Joel Embiid and do the kid and play dance routine. 
Um, if you don't know what that is, which I don't think either of you do, I would go to YouTube and just type in kid and play dance. And they do this one thing where it's like kick, 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 and then you jump and spin and land on your leg. And if he landed that, I'd, I'd go ape shit. Like, I'd be really, really excited. But uh, I would be worried the entire time that he's going to so you went So you went the same direction I did with uh, fun and games, the jumping, the jumping in a joyous manner. I, I think we're on the same wavelength there. But also, so I would two, tell people, two, sorry, while they're at YouTube checking out his dancing, uh, also Google Andrew Bynum flamenco dancing, which was like stop. right at the end of his run here in Philly, and you could have your own little dance off between uh, between our wobbly legged big men. Why'd you have to mention that name with Joel Embiid? Um, Bynum, yeah, sorry. Did Adam, I say Embiid Adam, so, or Bynum? No, no, I oh. said with Embiid. Oh, like, okay. why, why, why? Uh, sorry, that's I know. Source. I know. Um, Adam, the trampoline, the the knee buckling. Uh, on a positive note, he'd probably bring at least one Sixers doctor with him. They would likely diagnose it with a hyperextension and then just wrap it up and let him go back on the trampoline again exactly. until he does further damage. Um, I want to I want to add an honorary one: bumper cars. And I don't mean the bumper cars oh, where you're going around in a circle. I want legitimate bumper cars, like gunning it from across the uh, from across a little arena thing. Bumper cars with Joel would be hilarious. I also think that he would find the most annoying kid. And he would grab onto that bar that, that, you know, connects the whole thing. He'd grab onto that kid's bar and just hold him at an arm's length so the kid couldn't actually hit anybody. He'd be great. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's a scene, uh, a cameo scene waiting to happen in an Amy Schumer movie. With it's, Embiid. It very much so. His knees are, like, popping out the top, and he's just sitting there like a little And he's child. just ramming everyone, and then he's, like, somehow winning her over, but she's not sure because she's got to break down her defenses. He can win her over, but the question is, who will win the Iron Throne. Kyle, what did you think of Game of Thrones last night? I fucking hate Game of Thrones, and I didn't watch it, and I hate <laughs> I hate this time of year because my Twitter timeline is just a mess with Game of Thrones stuff. Look, I, I, I'm just going to say this before I get gobs of hate mail. I understand why people like it. I don't. I'm not calling it a bad show. I wish I did like it. I have tried. I have two. There's two and a half things with it for me. I've tried on three occasions, several years ago, after like maybe the third season, it would come out again, the new season would start, and I'd be like, all right, I got to get into this. Everyone's talking about it. And I've watched the first four episodes of Game of Thrones and from season one no less than three times. Like three times I have binge watched the first four episodes. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of into it. But once, as soon as it gets to the Targaryens early in the first season... Um, there's too much going on. I don't know who's who. The weird guy, the Dothraki guy, speaking a weird language. Like the only reason to watch is like, You're I don't. Say I can't. Perverted. No, no, no. <laughs> I I don't understand what's going on by that point, and I could just never bring myself to get back watching. And everyone says I... keep with it, keep with it. That is one. The other thing is, and this is this really bothers me actually. The show's, like, rallying cry is winter is coming. The show is cold, for the most part, is a cold and dark show. The fact that it's on in June and July every year in the middle of this hot weather, it is such a disconnect for me. That seems like it would be the perfect show for a January night, like a January Sunday night, or um, 
you know, like after the NFL playoffs, you you hunker down, it's snowing outside and winter is coming. You like, I don't want to watch. It's still light out. That show, I was driving home last night from our in-laws and at nine o'clock and I could still see like some sunset on the horizon. And now you want to go inside and watch a show about winter is coming. There's too much of a disconnect there. I can't, I can't do it. I've, you know, nothing, Kyle Scott. I've had a lot of uh, people over the, like everyone seems to like this show. Uh, the guy that I work with at Bleach Report, Chris Sims, hates the show too. Um, and my, this is like two exes ago. Uh, that girl didn't watch Game of Thrones. I've actually never dated a girl that's watched Game of Thrones, which is nice because like it's not a show that I want to share. Uh, there's some shows that I'm down to watch. Other people, some shows I like by myself. Yeah, but you need to. Yeah. Sims's thing uh, always was I turned it on, and the first thing I saw was a baby getting killed and then a rape and I'm not watching that shit. That was his quote about Game of Thrones. Um and yeah, I mean it's super rapey. It's uh it, there's there's a lot of gore. Uh I usually do not get down on this stuff, but I'm so invested and the storylines have been so good that it's like I have to and I'm never going to change. The the other thing It's a Go ahead. No, you I don't feel like you Bob Brookover alert, Kyle Scott. Like I, I have I no, I have actually be, tried though. I don't know. Unlike Brookover, no, I have to tried. Rewatch, you've tried to rewatch the same four episodes. You just got to keep going. The first season is so much buildup, and it's it's so much character development and introduction. Like it's it's like saying you read the the prologue to a book four times without ever actually getting into any of the the real substance or merit. Okay, of it. I have a point so there. It's a okay. It's a it's a wonderful show. Uh, it it is now so far off the books um, that that you will likely, if you are a book reader, do you or read a show the books watcher, for us? I guarantee you do. I I think I'm like halfway through yes. the second one. So yes. But then we had kids, so <laughs> I'm still halfway through the second. I was one. a little Audio weirded books. out. Audio books, man. I was a little weirded out by Ed Sheeran being in the episode last night, though. What? That's not okay. So that's not. Wait, wait, wait! Please, totally. please, wait! Please tell me he was the overseer of the castle on the hill. No, please, no, please. What castle on the dude. The fact if, that you if, just knew if, Ed Sheeran lyrics is bullshit. If Ed Sheeran, if Ed Sheeran was the character who had a castle on a hill, I would have instantly watched that show. I would have been so all in. Ed Sheeran made a cameo last night, the same way that every season has had a music, uh, a musician on. In who the else past. has been in on the difference? Uh, I don't remember. I'll look it up. There, it it happens at least once a season, but this is, I think, the I first think time that there's been that a real. S- that no, I'm I'm dead serious. I'll I'll pull it up. You, Kyle, again, <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Just just back off, fella. Just back down. No one to stay down. Um, Ed Sheeran, I think, was the first time that there's actually been a speaking role for one of the uh, the musical artists. You know, the first thing I thought when I saw Ed Sheeran, though, I was like, he's ugly enough, though, to look like he fits in. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like yeah. it's not like uh, one of the Jonas brothers, and you're like, all right, bro. Like, no one looked like that. You look at Ed Sheeran, and you're like, oh god, he's the Hobbit of that group. Yeah, Harry Styles. He really does look there. like a Hobbit. So, all right, here here's your uh, your breakdown. Gary Lightbody of Snow Patrol nope. was in season three. Never heard of him. Um, Will Will Champion of Coldplay. Is that the main he guy or in, is that like uh, a no, guy? So wait, there's someone I, in Coldplay other than Chris Martin? Was, oh yeah, Chris Martin. So he, he was in a, as part of the Red Wedding. Um, 
Oral Paldr... Okay, a bunch of, like, weird Icelandic kind of names. Russ. They were on the show... What? Um, I, I, I want to quick respond to your, your point a second ago about the first season being a buildup. Um, I agree. Like, I said the same thing. I've had people, my parents and some other people, like, who had trouble getting in the Breaking Bad because they said it was so slow to start. And I'm like, no, really, please just stick with it. It's really good. So I get that. But on the other hand, I feel like... I don't like, and again, I'm not calling Game of Thrones a bad show. I'm just saying I had no interest in ever going back to watch the fifth episode. And at a certain point in TV, I feel like you have to, it's not a book. You have to give people something to watch and some entertainment value. And it was not coming in those first four episodes. The thing I will say is that I feel like just following along with Game of Thrones, and I've seen this criticism levied at them before, they, I feel like they take a lot of cheap shots because everyone who explains it does exactly what you just did. They're like, it's a slow buildup, but then there's these, these huge moments, these big, like these big turning points, these big cliffhangers. Kyle, here's the reason I'm not going to ruin it for everybody. No, here's the reason. Something happens at the end of the first season when you look at the TV and you go, holy crap, I can't believe that happened. And until you reach that point, it doesn't freaking matter. Stop. Wait, wait, wait. But that, that, that's what I'm talking. I feel like it's cheap of a show because I know they do this. I know there's the Red Wedding. Like, I feel like it's cheap of a show to have so much build up and then rely on their shock and awe moments to be like, it's oh, not, the, it's last not. Eight, the last eight hours of my life I just wasted watching this show was all worth it because I seven minutes of craziness. I can't have somebody give a critique of a show they've never watched. I have you can't, you can't it, say it's cheap. No, you can't say it's, it's cheap when you've never seen the reveal that I'm even talking about. And the fact that we've been in this for seven but if years you're relying and you on still an, don't know reveal. what happens in the first season is fucking crazy. But if you're relying I'm on a, a reveal, I feel like that's cheap to solely rely it's on not a, a reveal. reveal. It's not a reveal. It's like a Goosebumps novel. Adam, Adam, he starts us a half hour late this yeah, morning did. and now he's trashing Game of Thrones. I can't. I'm not trashing. I, I understand it that it's probably a good show. It's not for me, and I do feel like I do Real feel like relying scumbag. on these big moments is cheap. <laughs> relying on big moments. Wait, so what? Get back into it and finish the first season. The first season is almost all the the politics of Westeros, and then after that, cool. I feel like it. It just, you know, it, it really starts to open up. I just up. don't know any so, other show that doesn't rely on big moments. It's like you know, I really yeah, like, like. You sat through Breaking Bad. You sat through all those moments with Skyler. But every single scene of after the first again, granted, after the first few episodes, every single scene, with the exception of that weird fly episode, because they were out of budget in season three and they had to do a filler episode. Every single scene of Breaking Bad was like the, the height of of art on TV. It was so well wow. done. This is also proof that everyone defends their shows more than anything. And it's the reason when you're watching the Oscars or the Emmys, you watch one movie in a category and it comes up and you're like, ugh, can't believe La La Land lost. Totally deserved it. Meanwhile, you didn't see any of the other movies. That's just how we are with media. It's very funny. It's not just you, Kyle. It's everybody. Um, uh, Joel Embiid. Oh, this I texted you this guy's in the, in the Slack room also. I'd like does to it, see him beating Game of Thrones, to be honest. He could. Well, he could be a giant. Uh, did you know that... Oh, wait, real quick. Uh, Chris Sims' <laughs> dad is a character in Game of Thrones, Phil Sims. Is he really? What? Yeah, he's dead. Well, actually, he was back last night. He's this giant called One One. Uh, wait, who was that? Sims' dad? Yeah, because... So what's the name of the guy that writes Game of Thrones? George R. R. Martin. George R. R. Martin is a huge Giants fan, and the gi- the giant name is One One. And Phil does he Sims get killed by wore- Phil? Uh, does he get killed? No, by Jim Phil May? Sim. Phil Sims wore eleven, aka One One. Got it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 
Uh, is he killed by Jim Nance? You just like to rile shit up. Um, I message this tell, to you guys. Tell Sims that. I feel like he would appreciate that joke. Does it hurt your heart to see Lonzo Ball doing well? And then Russ came back and said, man, that 5-10 and 10 trade looks better right now, too. Lonzo oh. Ball looks great. Jason Tatum looks great. De'Aaron Fox looks great. Dennis Smith, Dennis Smith. looks great. Uh, I'm seeing Zach. I'm not not Zach Collins. John Collins dunking all over people. Donovan Mitchell looks great. Um, when when you guys see all these other guys doing really well, and we don't get to see Fultz right now, how does it make you feel? Awful. Uh, Russ, I'll let you but go first because I'm going right, to so have to take me, exception to what you're going to say. <laughs> what if if you if you pay attention to the way that I worded it. I'm not necessarily saying that 5 and 10 would have been better than 1. I'm just saying that as you sit back and Fultz isn't playing, you can probably find two guys that were available at 5 and 10 and and say that like out of all the years, I, I would say within the last five years, this is probably the best-looking draft class in Summer League. Granted that Summer League is a joke and nobody plays defense, yada, yada, yada. That said, there have been more guys from farther down in the first round um, who have who have legitimately looked like top three picks, and like Simmons looked really good in summer league last year on the fast break and and passing, but his shot was still garbage. Um, the, guys like Donovan Mitchell that that kept falling that we kept hearing were you know jumping up draft boards look like legitimate young stars, and so I guess my point the the way that I wanted to take it a little bit past just like the the Lonzo Ball piece of this like watching Lonzo go out and drop triple doubles at this point is just a little bit disheartening um I I will be excited for I think Stephen A. Smith even said last night that it'll it'll be something to see when actual NBA stars are defending Lonzo and they're they're going for his throat I think it was De'Aaron Fox said that uh was that a month or two ago Kyle I think you were the one who even brought it up yeah um but like Watching Lonzo do really well is is at least slightly upsetting because he he really is a very good playmaker and you almost you almost hope that he's not going to become this like transcendent point guard. I don't know if that shot is ever gonna be able to you know get off in the in the league except for on open looks. Like I don't know if I've ever seen Lonzo Ball take a legitimate um, jump shot off the dribble, but without having to like create three feet of separation stepping back because it's such a weird low release. Um, and that was the critique of the lo- shot, like getting it off in yeah. people's faces. Yeah, and he he certainly has not done it in summer league. I guess if if there's one thing, if you watch his his games, he has not found a way to get that shot off in traffic or to get that shot off off the dribble. Um, five and ten this year would have been interesting, is all I'm saying, because to have to have gotten a guy like even if you wanted to say Dennis Smith and even Donovan Mitchell, you could have gotten both between five and ten. Smith is jumping out of the gym. Donovan Mitchell's hitting shots I didn't think he could hit. It I think it's, you know, it, it's probably just a little bit overreactionary because we haven't had because it's Fultz a summer to league. watch. Yeah, and, and because we haven't gotten to watch Fultz. It's almost like you're you're longing for the thing that you can't have. And watching like when we watched Fultz, I think we were we were all really stoked. I was excited. I thought he looked better than I had anticipated. I think the thing that that Fultz kind of suffers from, even if he were playing right now, is that he doesn't have a flashy game. He's got a really smooth game that looks easy, a Harden, a Vince Carter kind of game. But he doesn't have that jump out of the gym Westbrook dunking ability like like Dennis Smith does. 
Uh, And I I will not be surprised. I'll just go on record now and say I will not be surprised if Lonzo Ball wins Rookie of the Year because I have a I have that feeling. He's the odds-on favorite. I I just think that Simmons and and Fultz are probably going to split the vote a lot, just like Dario and Embiid did this year. And I think watching Lonzo, you know, hoist that trophy is fine as long as the Sixers are the first one to to hoist the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Um. Did you have to wait? How how long did you have to wait on hold for your for your sports talk radio caller take? Wow. <laughs> I mean, Adam's unmuted. I feel like you want to chime in. No, dude. I'm excited no. to listen to you talk. Um, like I, I feel like you are really jumping to conclu- jumping to summer league based conclusions here. Well, in fairness, I only watched the first four episodes. So. <laughs> fair enough um like i look i five and ten uh, we said all along i would my second option after fault it was faults one five and ten and jackson and lowry and some combination of of those three in the top three sixer scenarios this was a deep draft and five and ten as it's looking in summer league summer league is doing one thing to prove that it was a pretty deep draft and all these guys there's at least 10 guys that are really talented so five and ten you definitely could have come away with the hall and in a couple of years you may be able to argue that what you could have got a five and ten would have been better than any one player if no one player stands on the shoulders and is above everybody else you were we talked about i said like i would have loved a monk at five, and, I'll turn, and a Dennis Smith Jr. at 10 is something we talked about before. And it's like, wow, that would be tough to get. Dennis Smith went at nine. So it, it, it almost could have been a possibility. And seeing Dennis Smith Jr. as a second option in the top 10 would have been pretty good for any team. He looks really good. That said, I don't think any of the criticisms of him playing defense and um, I guess a little bit less so of his shot and his, his play, team playmaking ability, all those things will will get sifted out once the regular season rolls around, as will all the other weaknesses in a lot of these guys' games. Like you said, it's a summer league and you want to see guys impress, and that's what a lot of these guys are doing. But the regular season will start to weed out and, and poke some holes in all of these games. I think the thing with Fultz is, you're right, we haven't seen him, and I feel like as Philly sports fans everything over the last five years i know we lament this but everything over the last five years that we're excited we always get let down we're always like yeah but it's not that bad like ben simmons last year he played in the summer league but he sat every other game joel Embiid played great last year but he sat every other game just as soon as we get excited about watching something and then he obviously missed the rest of the season as soon as we get excited about watching something it's always like well there's this caveat it's not that bad but uh you're actually not going to be able to see the player you want to see and this continues continuously happens with the Sixers and it's frustrating because I'm watching the Summer League and I'm sure Philly is way down on on the ratings on Summer League now that Fultz is out. It would be nice to have watched Fultz for these last two slow, meaningful, sports-less weeks and we've missed out on that. So I think that has a lot to do with the reaction and people going crazy about Ball and Tatum. But the thing with Fultz is he was really good in his first in those three games, and you got people like Ashworth who were concerned about a handful of turnovers that he had. But he displayed his ability to score at all three levels really well. He really impressed with his shot, 
And I'm afraid the knock on Fultz is going to be that he's not this big, explosive athlete like a Dennis Smith Jr., but I'm not so sure that's the case. His game is just a little bit different. He's not a high flyer. He's not an above-the-rim sort of guy, but he is. He, there's a very good chance from what we've seen of Fultz to, to bear out what his draft stock was as someone who, who has no weakness in their offensive game at all, can score at all three levels, can handle the ball, can play off the ball. He could do everything you want out of an NBA guard. And I think what we're seeing, with the exception of Alonzo, who's looked great, but even with Tatum, I think you're seeing one or two really good skills these guys have. And they're impressing everyone because it's summer league and it's, it feels like this is like the longest summer league ever. Maybe we're just paying more attention this year. But I, I, I think nothing of what we've seen from Fultz was like, oh, he can't do that. He still possesses all these other abilities where I think we're seeing the best of one or two abilities from a whole bunch of different guys. Like watching Dennis Smith Jr. go up for that dunk was cool. But do that with Joel Embiid in the paint and he's never going to try that again. That's like that, that's that's where I come from. So I, I don't think I think you saying it almost would have been better to get five and ten is the height of reactionary commentary. Yeah, it's just for me. I'm not gonna not want Fultz because I still think Fultz is gonna be great. It's just I feel a lot of pressure now for Fultz because yep. it's one of those years where it looks like there's gonna be a lot of depth. And when there's a lot of depth like this, I can already hear the articles that are redrafting the 2017 draft. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, Fultz is going to have to really live up to it because these other guys look great. And we still have LeVar Ball out here taking shots at Joel Embiid. And it's still going back and forth. And it's, man, it's it's a hell of a draft. It's just the facts of it. But yeah, LeVar Ball comes out and says he gets fined for every time he says a curse word about Embiid. Like I said, his vocabulary is is limited. I bet he can't. He, I bet you he can't say f you more times than I can say it to him because his ass will be broke when you're working for somebody. Shut your mouth. LeVar Ball does not stop. Yeah, I feel like even responding with any sort of like pragmatism towards him like yeah no you're right you don't work for someone because your son does and you're going to stand the benefit from that and you started a shoe company that nobody likes congratulations um i feel like that's even just a waste of time with lavar i'm enjoying this this is all fun i i I think lavar and Embiid are both personalities who are in on this sort of thing and they kind of get the joke and they get that it's really bad for neither of them so i say i say keep this coming like this is this is fun to watch Russ? Oh, I don't have any of that. <laughs> Fair. Uh, as you guys could tell, slow morning for us, but we're coming around. Um, all right, so we're going to continue, I guess, on Wednesday, unless you guys have anything else to add right now. Well, I, I just think, you know, it's, it's fitting that we all kind of let out some hot air, especially because some guy posted a uh, Craigslist blow-up Joel Embiid. Nice. Filled with plenty of plenty of hot air. I don't know. I thought we were going to... Yo, did you have something on that that one? Yeah, so let me just... I'll read the quick description of what that was. Um, So this guy goes on Craigslist with a huge life-size Joel Embiid balloon animal, and he wants to trade it for tools. But I appreciate the fact that he started off by saying, I don't know how or why, but I am some sort of balloon prodigy. And he decided to make himself a Joel Embiid life-size balloon animal. So, Russ, what would you have on that one? It, it might be the most incredible thing I've, I've seen in a while. Um, the likeness is not totally there. 
But the fact that somebody went out of their their way to make a seven foot three version of Embiid that, by the way, is mounted on a Christmas tree stand, um, I, I think it just kind of talks. It, it lends a little bit of credence to the fact that Sixers fans right now are very bored. All right, I'm gonna call bullshit on life size because I'm looking at this guy's Embiid is, is is over seven foot. I'm looking at this guy's living room. It doesn't look like. He has a nine-foot ceiling. It, this this looks like a, a room with eight-foot ceilings because you can just tell the difference between the window and the roof. So you figure that roo- that ceiling is eight feet high. There is a good. I know the angle is a little bit off here. There's well over two feet between the top of the ceiling and Embiid's head. So this is actually not a life-size version of Embiid, which would really piss me off if I traded something for this guy, telling me I'm getting a life-size Joel Embiid and I get a five-foot-seven blow-up balloon doll. So. I will say, however, nice touch on his, I don't know if this was intentional, but his right foot looks like it is severely broken. Um, I appreciate that. I appreciate the, the attention to detail. And uh, if we didn't, I feel like that kind of snark, you know, really does offset our moment of silence for MB. I, I know. You should be ashamed. Also, he's got two sets of knees. I understand you're working with balloons, and there's there's uh, certain limitations of what you can do here. But if you guys notice, his, his legs are wrapped like sausage casings, and there's not actually a knee. There's a hinge on the thigh and a hinge in the middle of the shin. Um, so... I feel like you could have. I feel like if people can make a really good, like, crane, someone that you go to a party and there's a balloon artist there who can put together a whooping crane, someone should be able to put together a what? Say, say that word again. Whooping crane. <laughs> I feel like someone should be able to put together a Joel Embiid that has at least the knees in the appropriate place and it's actually seven fucking feet tall. I'm a little disappointed in that. I, the Christmas you know, tree had, stand if, is a nice touch, though. If he has two sets of knees. It's two, you know, it's an extra set in case something goes wrong with the first set. Make, they don't so bend bad. right. It's like bending. It's like bending an erector set. I'm just glad we got more proof there that Kyle could be a curmudgeon about anything, including uh, a Joel Embiid balloon animal. I'm not. I'm not a curmudgeon. Anything else? You anything me, else? There's no other way to talk about this. Yes, it's funny, but if I had to sit here and, and critique this thing, I'd be like, that's it's not a it's not a terrific balloon animal. It's a Sixers old jersey and logo. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot missing here. I don't. I don't hold a face. I don't. You're even tearing apart the the jersey. Does that look like their current jersey to you? It's a balloon. The, but yeah, if you're gonna make look, here's here's the way I look at this. How are we supposed to Guys, teach children to read if they can't even Real quick, fit inside the building? Here's the way I look at this sort of thing. If you're gonna spend the time to put together a life-size Joel and B, like this is like the guy who puts together the entire beachscape of Atlantic City, you know, built out of like grains of rice that took him seven years to make. Right? These people do people do these things, and I appreciate the attention to detail. The things that makes those crazy things great is when they pay so much attention to detail. You're like, holy shit, the guy got the shooting behind Bally's, like in his diorama of Atlantic City. Like, well done, sir. Well done. When, if you're going to spend time to build the Embiid thing, like, pay some some attention to detail. Get the jersey right. Get the knees right. Get the height right. There's one thing to make a life-size whatever. You got to like go, okay, Google, how tall is Joel Embiid? And start there. That's your framework. Seven feet, seven feet one, whatever it is. Start there and work backwards. This guy started from the waist out and realized that he ran, couldn't get his right foot to the ground, didn't know how to make a knee, and uh, couldn't reach above 5'6". So that's 5'7". That's how tall Embiid is. 
Kyle Scott is really upset about their lack of detail to this Joel Embiid blowup. What are some things that you think lack details? 888-729-9494. definitely where we're ending. Uh, hit us up. Is that on... Adam's number? Adam, did you have to read the numbers when you did radio on Saturday? No, I let Maggie handle all that stuff. I just was uh, I was there providing. I would have appreciated you dropping a 610-632 just to see if anybody. Yeah, knows. I don't memorize it like you guys do. Um, I, I don't know how you guys are. I don't even remember my my dad's phone number. I, don't, I just I don't know my wife's so. number for the first time on this show. Uh, all right, guys. Leave us an iTunes review. Five stars. We'll make sure to read the comments. Thank you to everybody that did. Kyle, I'm sure, will tweet out on Tuesday night. Any questions? If you fill that up, we'll try and get to that on Wednesday. And just berate us over the next two days for how haphazard and ridiculous this morning's podcast was. Because it felt crazy doing it. I can't imagine what it's like to listen. Guys, anything to say before we leave them? I thought we I thought we spun uh we spun delicious um ah, I was gonna say lemons out of lemonade. I was looking for something better. Uh that, hot chocolate out not. of raw cocoa. There you go. That was great. Yeah. Did you wow, actually get worse at making analogies starting later? I think we should start the next pot at five thirty. Um, would you say? I get worse? No, I thought my analogies were good today. <laughs> All right everybody. Well, Enjoy well, the rest least, of your day. Uh, we will did. see you guys on Wednesday.